All right. Hi, everybody. This is A7X fan Ben here with Xerix for Pirate CSG podcast number 32. And in this episode, to continue where we left off in episode number 31, tonight we're going to be going over changes uh, to WizKids Pirate CSG game pieces that I found in the original WizKids documents. Uh, there's going to be a link in the description here for this podcast, including on the live um, screen on YouTube. So you can see the Google Doc as we're going through it. And that's what we're going to see on the video here as well. So we're just going to go over all the changes I found. There's actually a lot of them. It's about six pages worth of changes, but a ton of them are, are extremely minor. So it shouldn't go too slowly, but we'll, we'll slow down when there's, you know, more momentous changes, if you will. So anyway, uh, I guess we can start right off here. And I'll yeah, this first one up looks like a pretty significant change. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, I'll take it, I guess, because uh, this is my favorite ship, actually, HMS Lord Elkhorn, <laughs> and it's a Spanish main, five master, 16 points, and the big change here, uh, so one point more, but instead of guns of two S's on the ends and two L's in the middle, the middle cannons are one L's, so it's two S, one L, one L, one L, two S, and this is really kind of validating and awesome for me to see, uh, because I've been making custom game pieces with um, rank one cannons for years now. I think since I first started in 2011 and making custom game pieces. So, yeah, your historical fantasy set. Yeah, exactly. So Pirates of the Age of Sail had a lot of rank one cannons. So this is really cool for me to see that WizKids was actually toying with the idea of rank rank one cannons right from the start. And I kind of wish they had, because then only ones would miss without a world heater. So it'd be pretty cool. And to see it on my favorite ship and like the first or second ship listed in the Pirates documents overall because the English were actually the first faction listed in in the original Spanish main spreadsheet that I shared um is, is pretty awesome so one of one of my favorite changes without a doubt and we yeah, talked that's about interesting. It, yeah we talked about it on the 31st episode as well so it would definitely change the game quite a bit depending oh, yeah. on how many ships had this kind of had this kind of stat well, it looks like the Lord Walpole would have had a 1L cannon uh, yeah. right in the middle, or main yeah. mast. Yeah, instead of 2L as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not a huge difference, but... I mean, I, I I don't know if I got all the changes. Should have said it at the beginning. Um, I, I'm sure I missed at least some. And we'll, once we get to South China Seas, we'll see how it got it got really screwy and weird. Um, so it was kind of hard to, like, you know, keep track of everything. But I got most of them, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. King Edward, some minor... Well, I guess that depends on how you want to find it. Um, yeah. <laughs> 14 points instead of what it is currently, which is like, what, 13? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, it would have had, you know, really accurate cannons of 2S, 2L, 2L, and 2S, yeah. as opposed to the set of fours that it currently has. Yeah. And that should be a nice captain crew. So so we've both got the master spreadsheet up here that you can see if you're seeing yeah. the video. So the captain crew, she gets plus one to her cannon rolls. So... With that, with the change stats, she would have rank one cannons, and you probably would put a captain on. So that would make the King Edward considerably better um, as a gunship and even as a hybrid as well, which is how I like to run her. It makes her a little yeah. bit more of a pure gunship, so you might go crazy with specialists or equipment and stuff like that with how accurate they would become. So probably, I think it's good they nixed her a little bit because I think she, she's still a very good four master at 13. So. Still, the potential is there, because they don't, they don't mention uh, cargo changes. Yeah. So she still would have had six cargo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All kinds of fun to play around with. Yep, 
Yeah, yeah, and in, and for anybody listening or checking out this document later on, um, the changes you can find them all, and I, I did put the link to my the post where you can download um, the official WizKids documents. So what we're looking at in the in the Google Doc, the shared Google Doc, is only changes. So if it doesn't say like Lord Jalajanan, it doesn't say anything about the cargo. So the cargo stayed the same. So only the points and the guns change, for example. So anyway, so yeah, we talked about the lure wall pull. The balling broke was going to be 10 points instead of 9, which seems kind of pointless. She's a good ship at 9 points, so there's no no real reason to increase it there. Uh, wait a second. You sure that's accurate? Um, the spreadsheet says the balling broke was 10 points as oh, well. Oh, okay. Yeah, I probably messed it up then. Yeah, my bad. Huh. Sorry. I was probably thinking Maybe it was of, making uh, 9 points? Yeah, I was probably thinking the windjammer or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the next one, uh, the Plantagenet uh, had two S cannons, um, which isn't really a big deal. It makes her a little bit better, um, but not a lot better. So that's just kind of a yeah. kind of a meh change. So. Yeah. And then looks like just some uh, name changes here. Yep. Admiral Houston was what Admiral Morgan was. Lord Harrow became Sir Christopher Mings. Baron Castlereagh, I guess. I think it was Governor became Governor Lynch. Yep. Harrow's Grenadiers became Ming's Marauders. It looks like the only uh, change here might have been to Castlereagh's steward became Lynch's noose. Mm-hmm. Eight points and plus one to boards when defending. Yeah. So when you get boarded, you get plus one, but when you're doing the boarding, you don't get plus one. Yeah, exactly. That's weird. Yeah, so it was considerably worse. Um, I like plus one to boarding overall at two points, which is I'm glad they changed it to that because that's you know what it should cost and what it what it's worth in my opinion. So plus one to one yeah. defending for three is definitely overpriced and just kind of a little bit lame. Um, I do find yeah. interesting about some of these changes though. They basically went from fantasy to reality as far as I can tell because Morgan, Mings, Lynch, those are all real people. So they started off fantasy and yeah. they decided to go with more historical. Um, figures which i do like quite a lot um so i'm glad they changed those but maybe they were thinking they would save the fantasy people for later down the line later sets yeah yeah exactly yeah and maybe there's no flavor text in the spanish main spreadsheet but maybe some of their ideas were you know recreated with thomas gunn and others um in terms possibly. of flavor ideas yeah possibly yeah. yeah and then just to finish up the english from spanish main it goes in order. I put paragraph breaks between factions um, in the set areas just to make it a little less like a wall of text. Um, but the last few English, the alchemist became Carbon Charlie, which makes sense given you can turn stuff into cannons. And then the alchemist's apprentice is Powder Pete. I'm glad they gave him a more distinctive identity. Um, but I've, I'm kind of messing yeah. around with some apprentice ideas for my fantasy set. But anyway. <laughs> uh. Under the pirates. Looks like uh, just a bunch of name changing here. Not a whole lot of different abilities. I mean, you have something here called the Nereid, where the Nereid became the Sea Nymph. Triggerfish became the Greyhound. Gallows Man became Muerte de la Corona. Jaeger Gull, Batavian Bat. I think that's still some kind of vague German there. Uh, Picaroon became the Silverback. Batavian Bat, ooh, originally, uh, but became the Frieza, Freedom. Oh, just a bunch of uh, names swooping, uh, swapping around here. Yeah. The Bristons became El Chico. Doppelganger became Royal Fortune. Mm-hmm. 
It looks like the only thing significant here was El Phantasma was originally one point, and this ship cannot be hit by forts. Yeah. I that's think interesting. That's, yeah, that's really interesting, because we've never seen that on a crew. And I think it is probably one-point ability, but it's, it can still be good. It would give you really good options, because you wouldn't have to get a whole ship and like dedicate that, especially in a build total, if you knew you were playing an opponent that played forts a lot, instead of having to try to purposely go with like the Windjammer, for example, which has the same ability... Basically, yeah. and I kept I kept the ability text, the exact ability text, um, just to not mess with it whatsoever, um, except in the case of some rare typos. But and with Phantasma for just one point, you could put them on, you know, the Harbinger, and then have that ship, and you wouldn't have to necessarily dedicate one ship to Fort Wrecking. Um, makes it more flexible to have it on a crew, and then you could swap the crew around to different ships. So I think that would be cool. Yeah. But um, Phantasma worked out really well, so. Oh yeah. Either way, so yeah. And this change is probably a result of them deciding not to bring in forts until Revolution. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, and we saw the Spanish main forts already. So, um, yeah. one thing the the Picaroon, some people may recognize that name <clears throat> as one of the is one of the original artwork ships. So some of the original artwork for Spanish main shows a, a picture of a ship called the Picaroon, and Wolf kind of hinted or revealed multiple times in the past that it became the silverback, but people are still sometimes, um, there's been wondering about whether there's like a prototype of the Picaroon or whatever out there or something like that. Um, yep, those crazy like collectors. A, yeah. It looks more like a computer mock-up though. So to our knowledge, no, uh, copies have been discovered or anything. So, so the silverback is what it became, uh, in the final set. So, and then <clears throat> the next change, the ghost crew, actually had Home Island rating ability instead of El Phantasma. So they kind of reversed that and then changed El Phantasma's ability. So it would have been a cheaper combo. Ghost Crew eventually became Crew Protect for six points, even though it's really worth about maybe four, as it usually was after that. But um, kind of interesting, but I'll take the next one too. Um, so basically, it looks like the original version of Captain Jack Hawkins was called Buckland Jack. And for one point, it says... Uh, his ability is just, when the ship is pinned, you may kill a crewman on the ship that pinned you. So, just about the same as Captain Jack Hawkins' additional ability, he also has Captain for four points total in Spanish Main. So, a bit of a difference there. I'm glad they changed it, because I like the name Hawkins better, and plus he's a better crew with two abilities built in. So, Are the Ghost uh, Crew really six points? Yeah, the yeah at least in Spanish Main, yeah. Huh, because I'm looking at the Master Spreadsheet, it says they're four. Oh, I don't know. Huh, I'm pretty sure there's six on the card. It might, maybe they, I don't know, maybe they were originally four. I don't know. Mm. Huh. Yeah, I'll have to check that. Yeah, no, we're doing be... like a, we're doing like changes in more than one way. We're, okay, doing a fact check now of your spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it should be six on the card at least. But anyway. I think they're four, but, or five maybe, somewhere in the middle ground, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, let me try to check that out here. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, other changes. Uh, Jenny Castle became Jenny Gallows, and uh, Jenny's Red Gunners became Jenny's Red Rampage. Abilities stayed the same, only names changed. Uh, which leads me to think maybe the artwork was would still have been the same. Uh, Placo de Rio, Placo's Parrot, became David Bones Wiley and Lucky the Parrot. Jack's Monkey became Skyme the Monkey, and Josiah slash Jacob Lancer became Fidel and Gaspar Zuan. Yeah. And that yeah. finishes out the Pirates. Yeah, Ghost Crew is, all three versions are six points. So yeah, so huh. I, I thought I was right. I think it's because for a bunch of the 
the master spreadsheet I copied from WizKids documents, and some of those were out of date or something. I don't know. Anyway, that's mm. kind of funny, but some of it never really got messed up. So. Yeah. Moving on now uh, from the pirates to the Spanish. And this one is quite interesting to me. Uh, El Garante was going to be 15 points yep. with the same ability in cargo. So that's like, you know, a, a six point reduction. Yeah, it's way better. That's major. Yep. <laughs> then she could compete with El Corazado at least a little bit. Um, not necessarily 1v1, but at least in terms of which one you would pick. So, And it makes it would make the Garante, you know, at least a reasonable choice in 40 point games. As is at 21, she's very difficult to fit into that build. Yeah, man, I wouldn't mind seeing more ships with that ability at like you know that point cost and size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the next one, El Tiron, um, was original. Well, it became the Hoya del Sol, and it had it was fourteen points. But it's weird because I think in the original spreadsheet it says it's like a five mast cut, but then there's only four cannons. So. So maybe they were thinking about doing three Spanish five masters. I'm not really sure. Um, it's a little weird. There's a bunch of inconsistencies and uh, I guess you could say confusion in the spreadsheets and documents from WizKids. Um, understandably, because it wasn't the final versions of the sets. So the Hoyas of Del Sol is going to be a little more expensive, which I think would be good. She's probably worth 16 to 20 points, not 12. But um, So she became overpowered by making it so low. But it is interesting to see the name, the original name, and how she may have been a five master as well, which would be kind of interesting. Yeah. More Spanish firepower. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And lots of uh, name uh, just changing around here. Mm -hmm. La, I don't want to try to pronounce that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> became Cazador del Pirata. The Furia became El Tirador. Furia was originally La Luz de Luna for 11 points instead of 12. Reasonably minor stuff, yeah. uh, except maybe for uh, La Repulsa here, mm -hmm. uh, was eight points instead of what she wound up at at fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> it's another. It's another action. Yeah, yeah, and both with like the a, different versions of the cheerleading action thing. Huh. So I wonder why they decided that this was worth more. I know they should have stuck with the original, especially with the Repulsa. Yeah, I mean, if they kept the point costs on these two abilities for, you know, the other times they appeared later on down the line, I think it would have made that ability much more uh, viable and a bit more, uh, I guess, in the case of La Repulsa, respected as in, instead of being like some kind of meme among pirates. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, exactly. oh, look, a cheerleader, ha huh? Yep. <laughs> Pretty much useless. Yeah. <laughs> so there must have been some kind of incident in playtesting they did. Yeah. To make them think this. That's a good point. Maybe w that happened with El Garante, and then they, like, applied it to the Repulsa when they shouldn't have, thinking it was the same ability or something. I don't know. Either way, though, it seems like they messed up the point costs on this and the plus one of boarding. So both of them, um, well, not, they had both of them wrong at some point, but the boarding got better, and this one got worse. So, really weird. Yeah. But anyway, and then some more changes. El Tigre became the Pescados de Plata, Roderigo the Moor became Capitan Alarico Castro, and Roderigo's Loyalists, of course, instead of Castro's Loyalists. And once again, three points for plus one of boarding rolls. Uh, this, and then Sebastian Barba was the four-point version of Master Gunner Rogelio Vasquez. Myself and Wolf both agree that the 
Vasquez's ability to make all the ships cannons L range should be about four points. He maybe could get away with three, but that one got more expensive. It went up to five for the final version of the set, which is too bad. Yeah. And then uh, still would have a link to Barba's Armorer, which would be Joaquin Vega in the final set. So once again, I think it's good they did a more distinct name change rather than just repeating the name for a lesser, you know, whatever. So, and then, oh, this one is funny. I put an exclamation point. Yeah. Luis de Alva has plus one to cannon rolls against the English for three points in our game. He was going to be five points for a mono faction bonus, which is just absurd. Yeah. So it's really worth, it's worth about two points. World Hater is about right at four points. Maybe five would be fine too, but five points for cannon bonus against one faction. Even against the Pirates, that would be just totally absurd. So I thought I'd put an exclamation point with that one. It's so weird. Uh, and then some more name changes. Diego Del Nero became Amarante Devante Del Nero. Pablo El Pagano became Nemesio Diaz. Pablos Hugen became Fernando Sanchez. Uh, Antonio De Silva. Um, oh, that one's pretty much the same. I might delete that They just one. added Commandant yeah. to his title. <laughs> yeah, I tried to catch all of them. Uh, Marcio yeah. Ruiz became Gonzalo Mora, and Plague was originally called Scurvy, so they so they redid Scurvy in Crimson Coast, but it was going to be Scurvy from the start, so I'm kind of glad they changed that one, too. So. Yeah. Okay. That's it for Spanish Main, basically. Yeah, going on now to Revolution, uh, apparently no documented changes from uh, Unlimited or Crimson Coast. Nope. And uh, we're just assuming that Revolution slash the Unlimited series... The ships are basically the same. It really only matters to a collector. Yeah. For us. And first up here, we've got the Black Swan. Uh, originally had six cargo instead of her listed at five for 14 Four. points. Yeah, for 14 points. Everything else would have stayed the same about her. Yeah. So well, had, still yeah, five masts. Yeah, she had four cargo originally, so it's got or, or she became four cargo. So it got... Yeah, so she got nerfed pretty yeah, hard. Exactly. Yeah, so she would be um, pretty similar to the Victoire in a way, same point cost and cargo, and almost a little bit like the Roanoke, but I think it's fine. But faster they, maybe than both yeah. ships with that SSS base move. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's fine that they nerfed her a bit. She's still quite a good ship, so I think it would be cool to see her at five cargo, but either way, she's still good. Yeah. So. I actually don't have this one, and I've got like, you know... Every other pirate fiber. I just don't have this one. Oh, wow. Yeah, she took me a while to acquire, I believe. So, yeah, she's one of the coolest looking ones, too. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the Golden Medusa was going to have five cargo instead of four. And the guns... The bow gun was going to be slightly better at 2L. And um, the, the stern cannon was going to be 2S um, instead of 3L and 3S. So basically all rank 2 cannons. So the Golden Medusa yeah. is already a fantastic ship. And with this original change, she would have been even better. And really oh, yeah, fierce. more cargo. Yeah, fearsome hybrid, more so than just... And the point ship. cost would have stayed the same, so she would have stayed at 15 points. Yep, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yep, fantastic. And then uh, the Pride was going to have four cargo instead of three <clears throat> for 14 points, so one more point, one more cargo. Not a big change, makes her a little more useful as a hybrid potential. She's got SL speed, so you could just get away with only a captain if you wanted to. Uh, the Hades yeah. Flame was going to be considerably worse. She was going to be 
12 points instead of 13, but with only two cargo instead of four. So I'm glad they doubled it because she's yeah. she's pricey for a gold run in the first place. So you got to have some good cargo. So she would have been one of the worst ships in the set if uh, yeah. if they didn't double the cargo there. <clears throat> yeah. And then you finishing up, yeah, finishing up the pirates, the lightning didn't have the schooner keyword. Uh, she had English crew may use their abilities on this ship, which is kind of interesting, um, I suppose, and it makes sense. Um, if they add a different flavor direction. So, and yeah, it doesn't really say anything about English in the flavor I'm seeing. So, that would be kind of cool, but for a 5.1 master, there's not a lot you can do with it. So. Yeah. Next up are the English. And to me, this is a, an important one, because yeah. uh, it affects the HMS Dreadnought. Uh, one where the Dreadnought has 5 cargo. However, originally they were thinking of only giving her 4 now, I believe that the Dreadnought needs uh, that five cargo space to make up for um, uh, that ability and that bad speed. Yeah. Otherwise, everything else would have stayed the same. Still high point cost, same cannon, same base speed. And the point cost, too. I like how they changed it to make it more because then you can max out the point cost more easily with a huge monster setup. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Especially later down the line, once they introduce mercenaries and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that one, I wish they had, uh, or I'm glad they changed. They changed it to five. But these other ones, as a as a big fan of the English, I wish they had kept these other ones the same. That I'm going to go over here. So basically, there was therapist. a theme. Yeah, you can see a theme here with the next bunch of ships. Most of the English ships in Revolution were originally going to have more cargo. So the Serapis was going to have four instead of three. Uh, the HMS Algiers was going to have four instead of two, which would make her... That's major. Yeah, she would have been a decent... You could run her as a, uh, yeah, HMS the hybrid. Yeah, yeah, she's got extra action for 12 points. Imagine if that cargo was four, and she's got good yeah. speed, good cannons. Pretty solid hybrid. Um, the next one, they, however, that really yeah. floors me. The next yeah. one here. HMS Lord Caldwell was going to have five cargo instead of two, which is rough to see as an English player, because the English don't have a lot of good gold runners. This would be one of their best... Um, I would just put a helmsman Especially on at, at that 10 point. points. Yeah, exactly. Put a helmsman on LS speed for four cargo, and you've got that nice defensive ability. So, and yeah, I do find it interesting. The Lord Kenyon is almost the clone of the Lord Caldwell. The Lord Kenyon came out in Barbary Coast and had four cargo. The original Lord Caldwell was even better um, at five. Okay. So that would have been a really great English gold runner. So when I saw that, I was like, ah, oh, man, this really hurts the English. <laughs> like, darn it. But, oh, well. And I was wondering... Um, Wolf said, I PM'd Wolf on Board Game Geek, he said it could have been like a, a copy and paste error, some kind of like dragging error, because I noticed a lot of the ships ended up with like three or four cargo English ships in this set, so I don't know if they like dragged the spreadsheet too far and like copied over the cargo or something and made it lower. Um, a lot of them ended up at two or three, uh, especially with two masters. I'm seeing, yeah, looking at the two masters from Revolution for the English, all four of them have two cargo. And according to this, they were all going to have at least three, it looks like. So, anyway, so disappointing as a big fan of the English, of course. But, and then to round that out, HMS Apollo was going to have four instead of two. Once again, would have been a nice empty gold runner. SL speed, four cargo for nine points. That'd be great for the English. Uh, the Frolic, three cargo instead of two, not a big change. HMS Greyhound only has one. She was going to have three. So with LS, I would put her up there maybe with like you know the Banshee's Cry almost. Yeah, not quite, but 
but yeah, but for seven points, I'll, I'll move three cargo. That's a great uh, gold runner and oh, yeah. flotilla tug, defensive flotilla tug for the English. So yeah. And then uh, finishing up the English from that, from Revolution, Woods Rogers is going to be four points instead of five. And pretty much everybody agrees he's borderline useless at five with two very niche abilities. So he could easily get away with three, but at least they were thinking about cheaper. I don't know why they went to five, but oh well. Yeah. Spanish only really have uh, one change, uh, and that's just a real quick, simple name. Uh, La Santa Isabel was originally going to be called La Isabella. And I guess they just decided to recycle the name later on. Hmm. Moving on to the French, the Lion and La Vengeance. Um, not much uh, to say there, except uh, that La Vengeance was originally going to be the Lion, and the Lion was originally going to be La Vengeance. The name is yeah. just flipped around. Yeah, that one, I, I mean, will say... In my opinion, the ships are virtually interchangeable as is. Yeah. So, I mean, I mix them up all the time. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what confused me about this was I was reading on the spreadsheet. It said Le Leon or whatever. And then I was I didn't realize it was the exact same ship as the Vengeance became. And I was like, oh, wow, the French really missed out on something good here. And I was like, oh, wait, it's just flipped. So, so I got excited. But then I was like, oh, I should have already known. Once I got to the ability, I was like, oh, okay, this is too similar. This is, oh, this is the Vengeance. Oh, I see. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, I think I ended at the next one on 31st episode, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, says here, La Republique was going to be 8 points with Espacel Speed and 4 Cargo. Uh, she was released in Barbary Coast. Yep. Hmm. So it's going to be a set earlier with L more to the speed, 2 more Cargo, and only 1 point more. So instead of, like, a weird fringe, like, mini Dreadnought, she would be, like, a really good defensive um, empty gold runner, or not necessarily empty, but a good, great gold runner, or um, probably a hybrid. I would probably do a Captain, because she's got two S cannons, then you sell three cargo. This would be a really great ship. It's already okay, but mostly just for copying, so this would make her really good on her own. Yeah. Uh, Lee, sorry, La Favorite became Lee Favori for 12 points with 3 cargo. Uh, in parentheses here, it says clone of original HMS Frolic. Yeah, yeah, if you notice up above, the HMS Frolic had 3 cargo, and that's something I've noticed in the past. Lee Favori is so similar to the Frolic, um, she just has 3 more cargo. So originally, it was like the same thing, just like a French version, because they both had 3 cargo. But then they totally, yeah. without changing the point cost, they nerfed the Frolic to 2, and made the Favori 5. So Far superior. Yeah, they totally changed it. Um, and another one I found funny was the, bi it's the Bayonet. I don't know how to pronounce it, but in the Bella Toile had names flipped, so when I first thought it, saw it, I thought of mayonnaise. But yeah, I was about to say La Bayonnaise. It's like, okay, this is the mayonnaise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Obviously, I think they changed it to Bayonet for uh, pronunciation's sake, yeah. maybe. <laughs> And then the last one for the French here is interesting. The You, you guys probably know about the uh, Zero Limit Ransom crew, uh, the re-roller version that links to any single um, crew on the ship. But the original text says, this crew is linked to any single French crew. This was for, um, I don't know, I guess it was La Fontaine, I think. And, and then it says, you may switch the linked crew at any time, which is really weird. So you could... 
switch linked crew, you're like transferring the the ransom crew across ships. You could, I guess, you could. I don't know. This is just weird. I guess if an opponent captured you, you could. I don't know. It's just weird. You could you could try to switch it to create like cargo difficulties, because um, then you wouldn't have the link and the plus one bonus. I don't know. It's not that big a deal, but I find it interesting that you were originally able to switch it. I'm glad they changed it back because I think it would lead to some weird rules, hangups, and maybe some ugly situations. But all kinds of headaches. Yeah, I'm a link weird. zero point person to the cargo master. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on now, we have coming up the American uh, change section. And this one uh, off the bat here is kind of interesting. Yep. Um, when released, the Bone Homer Richard has a speed of any of I S see. plus S. Yep. However, here originally she was going to have S plus L speed, which would have set her uh, apart from her compatriots released significantly. Yeah. Probably would have been the fastest American fiver you know in ever. Yeah. Because as it is, and you know, everyone uses the Enterprise, and everyone uses like you know some of the other ones from later down the line. Mm-hmm. I don't see too many people using the Bone Homie Richard. Yeah. Whereas yeah, if she had that S plus L speed and still at fifteen points, yeah, with all the other stuff, oh my, yeah, you could run her as a very good hybrid. Yeah, yeah, she's a good ship even with S plus S, but S plus L puts her at towards the top of the five master rankings, I would think. Um, cause she would probably be the cheapest at that speed. Cause I think the other ones are like the difference yeah. and the swallow for the most part. Yeah. So, so yeah, she would be cheap for that speed and one of the best five masters in the game. So still a great ship, but was going to be even more, even better. So, and the next one yeah. I find a little disappointing. I wish they stuck with the original version of the United States, which was going to be 17 points for six cargo instead of a five master with only three cargo for 15 points. This is the somewhat, not useless, but mostly useless American Five Master with broadside attack, but only S-based move. But Yeah, it's not good. Good. I like those original stats much, much, yeah. much better. I, mean, I would take the three cargo for two more points, and that makes me think of uh, La Magnifique, because then it would be almost the same, just a little slower at S versus L. So, yeah. anyway, maybe that's why uh, they changed it, in a way. Because one of the... Uh, one of the weird WizKids documents, I think it was from South China Seas, maybe, it was like some questionnaire, and people can find it in the shared bit folder um, my site, but um, it talked about, it was like a questionnaire talking about, like, which, do you think any of these ships are too similar to previous French ships or whatever? So even though the faction wasn't the same, I wonder if somebody said the United States is yeah. too similar to La Bang Defeat, so they, they nerfed it, but it should have made her, like, 12 points or something, like, instead of 15, but... Anyway, possibly. But as uh, Sir Sluggo says here on the stream, with six cargo, yeah, you could turn the United States here, that previous, that proto yeah. version, into a monster gunship. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how far along they planned, but if they were, like, you know, thinking about Captain Charles Richard from Savage Shores back here, you know, put him on this and then just go nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy. Next up, uh, change the Yankee. Um, originally, uh, or a ship called the Yankee became the Freedom. So let's see, where is the Freedom? Where is the Freedom? Oh, there she is. All right. So as is the Freedom. Let's see. Originally, it would have had 14 points and plus one to cans with the captain instead of against pirates. 
So as is the released freedom, previously known as the Yankee, this 13 points has four masts, four cargo, SPSL base move, all rank three cannons with S rangers at the end and L's in the middle, links to David Porter, and gets plus one to cannon rolls against pirates. So considering that David Porter is a captain broadsides attack, um, that original ability might have been interesting to see that. Because I'm assuming the link wouldn't have changed. Yeah, along with, uh, you know, the speed or cargo. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Some of the links are missing from some of the documents as well. Um, and this goes back to the, the original Yankee we talked about in episode 31. Um, yes. I do find it interesting. Plus one to cannons with a captain is definitely better against only the pirates. So that's a little better, but not a huge change overall. This next change here is really, really nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. Yeah, the Carolina is already a pretty good ship for the Americans at seven points with four cargo S plus S move and no ability. But originally she would have been 12 points with triple S speed, seven cargo, five S cannons, and what looks like a proto version of uh, that island treasure trading in addition to schooner. Ah, wow. It's a heck yeah. of a change. Yeah, that is one of the biggest ever. Yeah. I mean, that would, like, you know, if they had kept those original stats, I mean, she would have gone from, you know, being a good, you know, fleet-building ship to just, all right, every American fleet that's competitive has this in it in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. If only because, you know, you wouldn't have been able to beat that cargo space. I mean, yeah. no American ship until the frontier had that much cargo space. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, not even the nerf United States had that much. Yeah, most of them weren't even close. Like, the Providence and the original Carolina would be their best gold runners early on in the sets, but this would totally blow out of the water all those, and also it would compete with some of the best gold runners ever, because 12 points for 7 cargo, at least at that speed, I mean, you can get oh, that yeah. with the pirates a little bit, but not at that base move. So, and then you've got a treasure a treasure ability that helps her out even more. So you could just do a yeah. and or explorer, and she would be one of the best builders in the game right out of the gate. So, so I'm, yeah. kinda, I'm glad they nerfed her just because this is overpowered. Um, but yeah, and, using these original stats with something like a cargo master or yeah. two or three. You could fit her in the Frontier in the same fleet and make the Americans like one of the best gold-running factions at 40 points, which I'm kind of glad they're not, because it would be kind of strange. <laughs> but, yeah, this is just wacky. This would have changed the Americans like as a faction overall, yeah. how people view them and how people play them. Ugh. Anyway, a good yes, change. indeed. Gold-runner all the way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, something I'm just recalling, um, I think it was something that you found uh, a while ago now, and you posted it to the forum. Supposedly, you know, the Americans uh, got, like, an automatic plus two to all their point costs. Oh, yeah. Just because of, you know, the faction they were. Yeah. Yeah, they were talking about so, that on the that's entire TSG online show from Red Dragon and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But, yeah, they, <laughs> they couldn't have applied that here. Because, I mean, even at 14, she would be too good. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. Some minor stuff. The Boston had a bow cannon as a 4S instead of 3S, so she's a tiny bit worse, but she's pretty much an average ship in general. Uh, the Providence became the Julius Caesar, so, and you can, that may have happened before uh, Crimson Coast was released, but I checked, I did check the date on the Revolution spreadsheet. It's really interesting to look at the documents, and once again, there's a link in the description and uh, at the top of this shared doc that everybody can look at now. Um, the date for the this like 
draft of Revolution was after Crimson Coast came out, though, so I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a mistake that it was still um, the Providence at the time, because the Providence came out with Crimson Coast. Um, but anyway, so she became the Julius Caesar, and the Essex turned into the Delaware, but the Delaware was only released in Barbary Coast, so that was an, kind of an interesting mix-up. I found it interesting, too, because you have you have an Essex, right? A ship called that? Thanks. Um, oh, I don't think I do. I think Captain Mike had oh, a custom yeah. ship called the Essex. That sounds right. Yeah, I think 14 points. Yeah, because I used her in CG3. Yeah, that's yeah it was like one of like 55 masters you seem to pull out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, yeah, partly because of your customs, too. So well, yeah, that's that. true. I mean, I released the Americans, or you covered the Americans uh, from Return of Davy Jones, and I think Queens of the Blood Islands, like, Right as you hit your high point, it's like, oh, Ooh, yeah. I forgot about these. Yeah, that Thank you very cool. much. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. The Essex is from uh, Captain <laughs> Mike, his uh, custom set. So, a nice custom set uh, as well. Anyway, uh, just to finish up the Americans, Flying Fish had 2L2S guns instead of uh, 3L3S, so a little bit better. That'd be fine with me because at nine points, she's a little overpriced for a support gunship uh, or tiny hybrid, I guess. Uh, the Wasp had four cargo instead of three. Same with the Lynx. So those would both be better. So you can yeah. see these changes to the Americans and the English would have made them, both of them, much better at gold runners. So I think with kids, maybe they did it to try to have more uh, different factions rather than, you know, a lot of great gold runners everywhere in all the factions. So I, th I think that's all right. But at the same time, it's kind of. You know, it's hard for yeah. people, fans of the English and Americans, to not feel shafted coming out of this podcast. So. <laughs> and also, maybe that was their trend of, a, you know, beginning, okay, less about getting the gold, more about fighting and enforcing, like, you know, the faction stereotype. Okay, the English have gunships. Oh, so do the Americans, but they're more expensive. Yep. All right. Moving on now to the Barbary Coast. Fire to the Barbary Coast. Looks like all kinds of shenanigans went on here. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, um, minor thing, the Nubian Prince would have been a point cheaper. Uh, as is, released, uh, the Nubian Prince is 15 with all those other interesting and or annoying stats. Yeah. Originally, though, they were thinking about making her 14. Yeah, I don't so, like that. Eh. I hate that ability, so I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather see it like 20, so. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a little interesting. Yeah. Um about the Janissary's blood. Originally, was going to have when this ship rams another, eliminate one crew from that ship. Uh, in parentheses here, this seems to have replaced the reverse captain ability for this set. Yep. So that's yeah. just neat because, you know, a galley can ram into another ship, you know, with the bow. You can do that with the model. But built into the galley keyword, it can't eliminate masts by ramming, unless I'm mistaken somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, hmm. so then you can do some damage. It kind of incentivizes ramming a bit, which I like. So. And Reverse Captain is overpriced, so this would have been a decent change. Um, I don't know if this means that they would have hardly ever done Reverse Captain, but anyway, maybe they were maybe they got they added that later, evidently. And we'll see a few other ships like that. Um, but yeah, for the I think for the entire set, at least for the Corsair, it's definitely every time Reverse Captain was going to be there and ended up in the final set. It was originally going to be this uh, only a crew when you ram. So Interesting. So um, looking at the stream here, crew elimination for Corsairs changes everything. Would you agree with that? Mm. That instead of, you know, the reverse oh, captain, okay. if more yeah, of their ships, I, you know, would that change their overall feel, yeah. do you think? 
I think it would because you you could be more combative with them on purpose because reverse captain is more of a defensive ability anyway, and then um, with the crew elimination, ramming is more incentivized, like I said. So so yeah, I think that would I think that would be cool. So I'm gonna respond there. What do you think? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, um, I think I might have to see more examples. Um, I haven't really looked at these too much. Um, looks like the next um, ship that would have that ability would be the Persian Victory, uh, which, when released, um, yeah, had the reverse captain and was 13 points. Originally, we were going to make her 14, and with that crew elimination ability, so um, I guess um, I guess it would change how you play the Corsairs, because a lot of people don't think of the Corsairs as having any kind of gunship at all. Uh, I think a lot of people just think of the Corsairs as like you know super super good at getting gold. With like you know fringe cases of gunships, like you know uh, what the Janissaries blood became, yeah, or what the, what you can do with the Nubian Prince just because of that ability alone. Yeah, yeah, it would make them more combative, but I think it would make them a bit better. Partly because Reverse Captain is just not that useful. It's hard to yeah. it's hard to find uses for it in general, so it's it's just not that practical. Yeah. So, um, the next one is absolutely bonkers and kind of on par Things with the Carolina. Vengeance. So the Winds oh of Vengeance goodness. is a six-point ship with four cargo and S plus S speed, and she originally was going to be seven points instead of six, and with a whole nother S, so three S's, S plus S plus S speed, and then five cargo instead of four. So she was going to be considerably better for just one more point, um, still with that negative ability. But she would, similar to the Carolina, she would catapult into some of the best gold runners ever. With this original version, she's still a good ship. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Like with the helmsman, and then just nothing else really. She's a good gold runner. She's one of the many very good six-point ships the Corsairs have. But in this case, she would be their best gold runner, pretty much without a doubt. So oh, yeah. they changed it to make her a little more right up there with the Tiger's Eye, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, some minor little changes then after that first couple bombshells. Uh, the Wicked Kareen was originally going to be 11 points, but she wound up being 10. So, eh, I guess that's kind of minor. Yeah. Uh, the Algiers was going originally to be 12 points, wound up as 11. So it looks like they, instead of increasing cost for these two at least, it looks like they decreased the cost. Or, well, increased uh, for these two, decreased for the other one. So, yeah, or, well, yeah. well, only Anubian Prince got cheaper, but yeah. The Splendor got more expensive, too, which I don't agree with. The other two we just went over, eh, it's okay either way. They're both good ships at either price. The Splendor at 10 is kind of pushing it. She's not a great ship. I like her, kind of of a soft spot, but 11 would make her a little worse. So uh, the yeah. next one, though, Tiger's Eye, was going to be 13 instead of 12, which I agree with. She could be 14 or 15 easily. So I wish they had kept the 13-point cost there, but oh well, too, far too late for that. Um, yeah, and then Bay's Revenge. Bay's Revenge. Okay, another instance of that uh, reverse captain ability. Ooh, this one might have been, you know, a difference maker. Uh, Espacel move, uh, a nice set of cannons, so you could do additional damage potentially. Hmm. Yeah, yeah mm. it changed a little bit, but decent ship either way. It's kind of pricey. Yeah. So. Uh, the Scorpion was going to be 10 points instead of 9, so not too good there. She's not great anyway. Desert Wind is going to be 12 points instead of 13. Not a big change, just one point cheaper. Uh, Pasha's Delight, this one is a little more interesting. So 
This is a 9-point Galley 2 Master with LL Speed and only one cargo. She was originally going to be 10 points, but with 3 cargo. So that would make her better oh and more reliable. Um, still not a great ship compared to some of the other Corsairs. Um, if the Corsairs ever got a flotilla, the Pasha's Delight would be the ship to use, <laughs> I think. But anyway, yeah. and then I'll let you cover this next crazy one. <laughs> okay, let's see. Um, the Dervish. Uh, as released, what we saw in packs and whatnot. Okay. Um, she would have been four points. Two masts, four cargo, base move L, four S5S. And becomes base move becomes S when she reaches her cargo limit. Yeesh, that's not good. Uh, however, the original plan for the Dervish was 12 points, 5 cargo, 3S speed, and home island rating instead of the um, cargo ability. Oh my. <laughs> so they don't mention the guns, uh, so or the point cost either. So this still would have been... Oh wait, no, the point cost. Yeah, okay. points, yeah. So, but... Wow, that's a heck of a change. Yeah, it's completely the opposite. Like, she goes from, like, yeah. kind of an underwhelming, cheapest ship in the fleet, like, build, filler, into, like, this dominant, like, home island rating banshee. So, yeah. yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool, too. I think both are cool, actually. I think the original Dervish is still okay and maybe a little bit underrated, but, um, but there's way better Corsair ships. But this original version would be more interesting and would see somewhat more usage so be interesting yeah um and then the next one the final one for the corsairs here is the nimcha which was a 10 point ship or is a 10 point ship i should say she was going to be 11 points uh with a 3l cannon instead of 3s not a big change and then of course when the ship rams you can only need a crew instead of the reverse captain ability that one pretty meh three changes but all of them are a little eh it's okay become more of a suicide ship than like a defensive like smoke smoke bank type ship as she is now a lot of times the nimcha gets used for the smoke uh smoke bank home island rating strategy but yeah taking advantage of that reverse captain there yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit yeah and then getting into the english i'll go over this this is another game changer one right yeah. here so the english are my favorite faction this one would have changed them similar to the, how the carolina would have revamped the americans HMS Antelope, as she is now, uh, it was a five-point ship with two mass, two cargo, SL speed, four L cannons, no ability. So just a really basic English ship. I usually use her as an empty gold runner or maybe a flotilla tug. She's not very remarkable or interesting. She was originally going to be seven points, so two points more, but with S plus SSS speed instead of S plus L, so a little faster. Five cargo instead of two, and guns of 4S, 4S. So the guns are a little worse, but everything else gets better, um, you know, more expensive than it has to be. This would be one of the best English gold runners, and probably their best overall. This is better than HMS Hound, better than the Dover, better than the, the Lady Provost, because she's, you know, about half the cost. This would be just crazy good English. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and it would it'd still be a good flotilla tug, too, but in this case, oh, yeah. defensive gold runner type one. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And rounding out the English to St. George, instead of having one cargo, as it does now, was originally going to have three. Yeah. So... Yeah. The English and the Americans got uh, shafted pretty hard in the final versions here. Oh, yeah, with cargo space and whatnot. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on now to the Spanish. El Mambo became El Paso. 
No other changes. And uh, just another uh, little um, name and ability one. The Alonso de Orozco was originally going to be called Saint Alonso de Orozco and had that um, reverse uh, ram eliminate crew instead of reverse captain. And that's about it uh, for them. Uh, French, another... Well, I don't know if this is a minor change. Uh, Lilou Garou um, was originally going to be 10 points with plus one to cannon and boarding was against Barbary, uh, Barbary pirate ships. Hmm. Yeah, they changed Possibly the original uh, name for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think in the WizKids documents, it's always Barbary pirates. So they directly oh. replaced the pirates in the set. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm glad they changed it, though, because Corsairs makes more sense. It's yes. more distinctive. So. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Nice. Azuriz, the, uh, the Luke Garou with 17 points and just ghost ship with only three cargo and Espacel base move. Eh, it's a little it's weird. Cr- yeah, it's really bizarre. One of the weirdest ships. Yeah. The guns are weird too. Um, with this change, I would say she becomes less bizarre and less interesting, but a little bit better from a practicality standpoint. She's still yeah. not very good though, because she would need more cargo or better guns to be of use. She's still not good enough. So. Whatever. Yeah, well, it doesn't say that anything else about her would change. No, so, it still three mass, still three cargo, still Espo, still base moves, same cannon breakdown. Yep. Yeah, so less interesting, less bizarre, but a little bit better for gameplay. So, anyway, I kind of like her as like this bizarre anomaly, so I'm kind of glad they left it, even though it's overpriced. Uh, anyway, she would be interesting with like the original version, but maybe like 15 points and five cargo, then she could be like kind of an interesting little gold runner. Or weird, a weird yeah. guy. So, um, and then finishing up Barbary Coast, the Americans had some name changes. So the Intrepid became the President, and then the Washington became the Intrepid. There was originally a ship called the Washington, and eventually we saw a Lady Washington in uh, Rise of the Fiends. But they were considering some version of that name as early as Barbary Coast. So it's a little bit interesting there. Um, and then moving on to South China Seas. This is the one set that, honestly... Things get wonky. Yeah, this is where you can't really even... Uh, it would take, like, too many hours to even go through all the changes. Some, A lot of them were minor, and a lot of it is really confusing. Um, yeah. One of the hard things about South China Seas, it took me a while to compile the set in the master spreadsheet, because the original documents don't have the final version of the spreadsheet. There's, like, there's three different uh, files... Um, and one of them is, like, Hook Boarding 1. It's not even called South China Seas or anything like it. And there's, like, Hook Boarding 1 in, like, parentheses, and then Hook Boarding 2 seems to be the most recent, but it's still not the final version, so there's flavor text missing, names are changed throughout, and it's just confusing. Uh, quite confusing, actually. So the big change, though, is instead of six master junks, there were going to be four master junks, which I don't like, so I'm glad they made them bigger because it's much more interesting. Yep, yep makes the faction more diverse and uh, more playable because they actually have some yeah. full capital ships that are slightly bigger than the five masters that the other factions got. And with the four master junks, I didn't go through every single one because um, in general, they had the same abilities. They were just called like junk one, junk two. They didn't even have like grand dynasty laid out. Um, three out of the five had faster speeds. So I think the grand wind went to S plus S speed instead of S, which is cool. Um, the Grand Mountain was L instead of S, and then I think the Grand Dynasty was S plus S instead of S. So they were better 
overall, but I'm still glad they made those ships bigger. Maybe they decreased the speed yeah. because of the extra, you know, weight. If they if they make the ships bigger, they figure maybe it decreased the speed too. But it did result in the Grand Dynasty and Grand Wind getting shafted and nerfed quite a bit, a little too much because they're not very good. Yeah. Um, and they had lower. And being constantly. the only two like really good gunships yeah. out of those Sixers would have been the Temple and the Grand Path. Yeah, exactly. It's only yep. because they're so much faster than the others. Yeah, exactly. And I'm then, also glad they made them bigger because that avoids you know the problem of the Corsairs and the Vikings. Yeah. I'm like your biggest ship is you know a three master or a four master. Yeah. So you're kind of operating like you know on glass cannons. Yeah, yeah. And then so. for these original four master junks, those five were between twelve and fifteen points, and then you know final versions they went from basically fourteen to twenty, I guess. Uh, and then yeah, so this is it's just confusing. So also in different versions of South China Seas, if you look at it in the document, there's various swapped names and abilities. It's difficult to determine due to the lack of names. So it's like French 1, French 2, instead of um, Escipion and Gaul and all the other names. And then there's general inconsistencies. So some stuff got like changed and then, then like switched back, I think. So anyway, but there are some stuff, uh, there's some some interesting things. So for example, Le Pluton was 14 points instead of 15. That's actually a friendship I like quite a lot. Um, she's not that great, but 14 points, she would be a little more playable. Uh, USS New Orleans was going to be way more boring, so it's good they changed her. So she's a 12-point ship with that derelict uh, teleportation capture ability that we see on Commander Temple from Spanish Main, and his original and name is Yeah, exactly. And uh, so he was originally called Commodore Temple, but anyway, the so New Orleans, instead of that, she was 10 points instead of 12 with plus one of boarding rolls, which is really boring instead of that derelict capture ability. So they made her a lot more interesting and a bit better by changing her. So I'm happy with that one, at least. <laughs> I like this change here. I, I wish they would have kept the original stats here for the Lord Kettering. Yeah. Because uh, that's the, you know, the, the English capital ship, uh, the Fiverr, from here. And uh, as it is, she's just, a, you know, 13 points, 5 mass, 4 cargo, Elmove, all 3 rank cannons, and plus 1 to against the Jade Rebellion. Which is like, you know, a cookie-cutter copy of the Goliath from Crimson Coast, except replace Jade Rebellion with French. Yeah. So, what I see here is instead of being 13, I see 16, which is eh, more expensive, but I see S-Board, which I like slightly better. Yeah. Um, I, like, like, I like that slightly better than the uh, cannon bonus against yeah. the Jades. Yeah, I like it a lot well, Because it's more interesting. Yeah, exactly. And more, it's uh, not as niche of a use, so you can use it more often and reliably. So, yeah, yeah. I would yeah like and to, we uh, have no idea how much time went into ships before um, they were printed, like in terms of their stats or abilities. Uh, I suspect uh, where they had the most time was probably Spanish Main because that was the first one. Yeah. So we, I'm going to suspect that they probably did actual playtesting for Spanish Main. Yeah. But after that, I don't think they did any at all. Yeah, I think they did some. Wolf said they didn't do much for Caribbean and maybe some of the later sets, but I think they just still did some. It's just some got left out or some were rushed. So Caribbean was like one of the main ones. They barely did any. So, which is why you see, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, Endeavor, oh, yeah. on stuff like that. So, oh, um, nutty things like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so next one, HMS Malton. Uh, oh, yeah, so these are basically swapped. So this yeah, is part of the confusion. Yeah, so the HMS Malton... Huh. It's going to be 12 points instead of 14. 
and she was going to have that plus one against the Jade's cannon bonus instead of Esports. They swapped abilities, and to a lesser degree, the point costs didn't swap directly, but they got changed. So anyway, so stuff like that kind of makes that confusing to look at in the in the spreadsheet. One that got worse was HMS Gallant, which is a eight-point ship with three cargo. She was going to be nine points for four cargo, and her guns were going to be a little bit better, too. Her guns are 3S, 4L, 3S, and it was going to be a 3L in the middle instead of the 4L. So she got a little worse, and she's one of my least favorite English ships. Really boring. Our work is kind of drab, so I wish they had the original. Yeah. Even the original isn't too good, but it's a little better. And then we get into the Hook Boarding 2 document, which seems to be the last version in the, uh, of the spreadsheet in the South China Seas files that Wolf shared with me. And so just some name changes. Virtuous Wind was called Wind of Virtue. Uh, the Sea Serpent was called the Sea Dragon, uh, which of course became a, a model uh, eventually, and is also a Barbary Corsair ship. So probably good they changed that. Uh, yeah. I'd say Zoo, his original name was Mao Zoo. I don't know if they changed it. They might have that. done that for political purposes. I think so, yeah. Some kind of Chinese, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I know, I saw that. I was like, ooh, Mao, interesting. Um, and then it, it gets real confusing. So the Cheshire, the Prince of Chichester, Hibernia, the names and stats and abilities were all flipped around, and it's it's hard to even decipher which was which. So uh, anyway, the Santa Ana... Which, which was which? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Santa Ana, great Spanish four master with extra action ability was called the Santi uh, Spiritus. Um, hmm, so, that's anyway. a cool name. Yeah. Maybe we can reuse it for a custom. That's cool. Yeah. I really yeah, like the cool. Santa Ana, though. That's yeah. awesome. I finally got my hands on her. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, she's a great ship. Yeah. Um, one that I kind of glossed over for the previous podcast that you could argue is new. Uh, the Spanish ships are all mixed up, but the ship called the Bahama, which is actually a three-master from Crimson Coast, but... Um, but this South China Sea's Bahama uh, is kind of a weird mix of other ships. It takes some things from the Annunciata and some other stuff from who knows where. And so the Bahama was going to be a two-master for 12 points, two cargo, SSS speed, 3S, and then both cannons were going to be 3S. And cannons can't be eliminated unless the ship is sunk. So the same as the Dreadnought's ability. So not a very good ship, but... This might have been one of those, like, you know, two-masted blockade sloop ships yeah, with that yeah, ability. Yeah, I can't remember the rarity, but yeah. Yes, yeah, so this one probably could have been podcast number 31, but she's not very good anyway. And it's it's weird because they had already used the name in Crimson Coast, and there's um, everything except for the point cost and ability is taken from the Annunciata. So I think that's what she became, but it, it's really confusing. So anyway. Yeah. And just a bunch of uh, name changes. The San Agustin was going to be something called Otahe, I'm going to say. Yeah. Potentially, maybe. I didn't know exactly. Uh, Enrique de Manila uh, was a, what Horacio Linares was originally going to be called until they changed him to that. Uh, Padre Francisco was this origin going to be Father Felino. And so they're trying to make tongue twister crews here, man. Come on. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. This is like, you know, now we're getting some French ones. More name flip-flopping. Mont Blanc was originally not the Fultilla. Or oh, wait, no. Something called... Okay, this is nuts. I'm trying to think about this now. Wait a yeah. second. 
Yeah, Mont Blanc okay. was a blockade runner before the flotilla. Okay, there it is. Lee Mont Blanc was originally going to be called Corsica, and Mont Blanc became the course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is all kinds of weird. Yeah, exactly. That's why uh, I just went really fast and tried my best to record some of it. So there could be more on this, yeah. but like it's just so muddled and random, and doesn't matter too much nowadays. Um, so anyway, um, uh, let's see. Oh, okay, so. Auri, Princess Auri Aura, otherwise known as Princess Bowels, on, uh, on the Elite <laughs> section yeah. of the Miniature Review. I forget who had that comment. That was one of my favorite comments. Princess Bowles. Uh, section. Um, so so I like, so a, how do you say your name? I'm going to pinch my friend. Yeah. That's how you say your name. It's like, that sound you, you, that you make when someone pinches you. Ah, that's about it. Yeah. Um, so she was, instead of a zero-point uh, crew like Jonah... Uh, she was a recruiter for three points, so it takes up no card space when revealed. When revealed, put a crew with point cost two or less from outside the game onto the ship. So maybe this meant the French were never going to get a zero-point uh, delimiter crew. So, I don't know. Neither is are my favorites. The zero-point crew are better, so it's good the French didn't get shafted here, I guess you could say. But, I don't know. Kind of a similar concept, but it's good they changed her, sort of, <laughs> debatably. And then yeah. USS Hudson was going to be 11 points instead of 12, but she's a very good gunship at 12, so that's fine that they changed it up. And Ooh, I need to get my hands on some of these ships from South Tennessee. I don't have a whole lot of them. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, it's such a great set. Uh, so the USS Montezuma was 12 points instead of 8, and originally she has the ability to shoot through ships. This is a 2-point blockade runner. Um, and then instead of that ability, she was going to have cannons can't be eliminated unless the ship sinks. So I like the the real version better because she's, you know, a nice cheap, or not cheap, but she's a good support gunship, pretty solid in her role. So I think at 12 points, she becomes borderline borderline obsolete um, due to some of the other American ships that exist. And just because yeah, of cost, 12 points for two mass, it's tough to justify with, without it being like a great cold runner like the Monarca, or, or I should say the Lodi Provost for 13. But anyway, starting to ramble here. USS Delaware uh, became USS James Madison. So, and we mentioned the Delaware earlier. The Essex became the Delaware. So, some name flip-flopping with the Delaware, obviously. <clears throat> and then, one thing I found interesting that Wolf would love, or already knew about, of course, Hidden Cove. Reveal this event at the beginning of one of your turns to dock one of your ships at the Nealish Wild Island, you that you have explored or has no treasure on it. So, this is the w- version that Wolf preferred and wanted to go to the printers, but <laughs> they changed it to the nearest Wild Island in general, um, which totally breaks the event and breaks the game hugely for competitive play and any play, really. So the yeah. original version of Hidden Cove would have been a lot better, as Wolf has already talked about before, and that's that's one of the biggest. So, oh well. Yeah, you're not alone. Wolf wouldn't have been the only one who liked that version of Hidden Cove. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the one that came out just because, because I do. I like the overpowered stuff sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but this is like, you know, I guess a more fair version of it. Yeah. So how does it, how is it that this would have been changed, but mermaids wouldn't have been? I don't know. It's just, it's weird. they were, <laughs> were kind of off their rocker, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, Although something I I wish they would have done this for the final print, uh, false treasure. Instead of being ten points, I wish they would have kept it at seven. Yeah, I agree. I like that at seven. That would yeah. be like you know more fun to use. Yeah, and more viable in smaller games too. Oh heavens, yes. Yeah, 
Yeah, so False Treasure is infamous for being the most expensive event by a um, by a mile at ten points. So yeah, that would be and borderline be, useless. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no one ever really, uses it practically. Yeah, it's tough to. Justify. I mean, I, I think I use it as like a point sink in a garbage fleet challenge. Okay. Yeah. Or I use like you know it and duel or something yeah. in conjunction with the Doctor Crew or whatever. It was nuts. Nice. Um, oh, this one I find interesting, uh, which I'll mention in a second. So, um, for the Volcano UT, at the end it says, it, so it says Volcano for most of the UT text. This is the unique treasure from South China Seas. So, like, you eliminate a crew and you t or a treasure from the island or whatever. And then, at the end, the original text says, remove Volcano God from the game, instead of just Volcano. So, I, I don't know if it was originally called Volcano God, but I actually have a custom like a super powerful custom crew called the volcano god eventually yeah. coming along here from parts of the epic seas that kind of made me laugh because it's like oh wow my customs are kind of like some kind of weird premonition thing or some kind of mind reading reverse mind reading going on so i just found that one really interesting so maybe the ut was going to be called that but there's a lot of interesting things you can do there as i'll eventually show off with my custom set and then Albatross was going to be a little less annoying. So that's the UT that you subtract one one from all die rolls made by the ship. Albatross cannot be unloaded. But the original version didn't fly around. So the final version, you roll a six, and it, it goes to a different ship that you, I think your opponent chooses, which is really annoying. And you have to roll every turn, which is annoying. So the original version didn't fly yeah. around. It makes sense thematically. So I think it's fine, but it's just a really annoying native UT in general. Yeah. yeah. Now, the wording for pension changed slightly. Um, load this treasure face down. You may reveal one dock at your home island. You may sell each crew aboard the ship for one gold. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just, you know, a wording change to make it yeah. more clear what's happening. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they Instead probably... Instead of like, oh, this guy's worth 10 points. I'll get rid of him. I'm going to get 10 gold. Yeah. yeah or exactly. something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they may have partially done it too to avoid any like slavery comparisons. It says you may sell each crew, so it starts to get kind of ugly, kind of like with the yeah, Zoo, the uh, Zoo thing we talked about earlier. A few of them yeah. may have been for that reason. Um, like, hmm, this may not go over well with some of yeah. our target audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then the last one from South China Seas, and we'll talk more about him soon. But El Phantasma, spelled P H once again. Um, oh. Phantasma. And the Ocean's Edge version was going to show up in South China Seas in the, as the super rare. So it originally got, it, well, it got changed to Ghost Ship and then uh, Home Island Rating and can't be a lip, or is put on your Home Island if eliminated for six points. So he was going to be the exact same as the OE version, five points for a sack captain. So I'm glad they have a lot of versions of him, but it's tough to choose which to yeah. go with because they're so good. So kind of interesting. Kind well, of okay, I'm glad they put the stat captain on a more available version of him. Yeah, that's a good point. Great point. Yep. I agree there. All right, yeah. I'll let you, you'll be excited about the next one, so I'll let you cover some of that. That's more up Oh, boy. Davy Jones curse. We're getting into the curse. Yay! <laughs> My people. Oh, I'm so happy to see. Okay, this is interesting. Uh, the Flying Dutchman was originally going to be called something called along the lines of the Blood Sacrifice. 
Uh, since I only see a name change, I'm assuming that the rest of the ship would have yeah. stayed the same. Yeah, it's exactly. So the same. five cargo. Oh, sorry, yeah. four cargo, five mass base move. Uh, ass all two L cannons and yeah. broadsides attack. Yeah, I think they may have and, done it to avoid copyright problems. Because um, huh. Davy Jones, I think uh, Dead Man's Chest came out in 2006. That was the same year as Davy Jones's Curse. So it might have been kind of caution on their part. So, but what I yeah. I, really I don't think Disney would have had a, um, a a copyright on that specifically. Yeah, just I because agree. you know there were legends about a ship called the Flying Dutchman before Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, of course. But I yeah. like this flavor text here. Yeah. Uh, the blood sacrifice the mysterious captain believes that he needs to spill innocent blood into the ocean to summon God Clock. He attacks any ship on sight, intent on one day harnessing the demonic creature. Okay, so that you know. Flavor-wise, lends some explanation to like you know why the sea monsters are all cursed or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see brand new flavor text after all this time, twelve years later. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Davy Jones was not in the set either, so they they basically took Flying Dutchman and Davy Jones out of the set and then added them at the end. So this is actually what's weird is that this was like labeled the final version of Davy Jones Curse. So I think the first ship in the set, the Flying Dutchman, was one of the last to be like added or changed so it says final version of the set but then it's not because flying dutchman and davy jones are different almost everything else is the same and you can see there's not much more left to cover in this set um the changes doc here um so yeah. davy jones was replaced by screaming mimi as number 025 instead of screaming mimi being a uh super rare and i'll let you cover why that was with the next one all right, so the super was going to be El Phantasma again. Yep. Okay, making him much more prominent. Ah, but the super is going to be the copying and limit version. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So they were going to reserve um, possibly one of the one of the more interesting abilities in the game for the super rare. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they put this into you know the regular set and gave it to Jones. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, although I can see it. Okay, this then explains you know why um, Phantasma has his flavor text the way he does in Rise of the Fiends. Because if they had just kept, you know, Jones out of the Cursed from the get-go, then by the time you got to Rise of the Fiends, you know, there wouldn't have been any raised eyebrows at that flavor text. Yep. Yeah. So he, yeah, yeah, he's been around. He's the master of the Cursed since the beginning. Huzzah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it is interesting, the flavor implications of it. So, yeah. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad they didn't, give Phantasma the copying, because that would make it even harder to choose which version to use. Oh, yeah, that too. And then I like this flavor text. Rewarding him for the souls he has sent to the depths, the demon gods of the seas have granted El Phantasma the power to preserve only for themselves. What they don't know is that Phantasma hasn't decided whether to continue serving them or to turn against them. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, I find that really, like, super yeah. interesting, actually. Basically, yeah, he was dancing on the razor's edge even back then. Yeah, the demon gods of the seas of Granite El Phantasma power reserved only for themselves. So he's got like godlike powers that explain that partially explains his rise in Rise of the Fiends as well. So yeah, pretty crazy. So he's like all powerful, a lot like Davy Jones. Oh, ha, ha, ha. So, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Evil laugh. Insert here. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and I like this next one as well for the Mistwalker, uh, the super rare um, sea monster. Um, instead of being 14 points, which is what he is currently, or she, uh, originally was going to be 11 points for El Pacel move, cannons of 2L, 3S, 3S, and 2S, 
and then sea monster and fog hopping. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I mean, as is, Mistwalker is already pretty cool for being a fog hopping sea monster with El Pasel base move. Yep. But getting that for 11 points? Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> yeah. That and then be... seeing how Screaming Mimi became Davy Jones, I'm assuming then that before he got Limit and Copy, he would have just been an L mover. Um, he wasn't in the set. There were I found oh. two versions of Phantasma. So I think El Phantasma was still a rare in Davy Jones' curse. Like he had two versions in the same set. Oh, so, he was rare... so they pulled like you know um an Ocean's Edge. Yeah. Where you've got like you know the uncommon version of that shark. Then yeah, you've basically. got the rare version of the shark, which, you know, there's no difference. Yeah, yeah, for Phantasma. Hey. But the, I think, I'm pretty sure the rare version of Phantasma was the same with the World Hater, Reverse Captain, that stuff. So, Not his anyway. best outing yeah, nah, ever, but... Yeah. <laughs> huh. And then, speaking of that, uh, Jack Hawkins, instead of the nine-point Captain Reverse Captain crew, who's not very good, he would have Captain plus S-board. Um, I don't know. I, if like I, that. I don't know if I forgot a point cost. I don't know. He would probably be seven. I should I should look that up and see if it, it was seven or nine. But either way, it would be a little bit better version. Like so anyway. I don't think the I think the pirates have like one S board captain. Yeah, Will Turner. Yeah. I'm not positive. Yeah. yeah. So I like this actually. Yeah. Yeah. Be oh, I wish they'd done that. Darn it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um. So final. A uh, little change from Davy Jones' curse is that Jerky Johnson was actually going to be the same as the Ocean's Edge version of CPO Charles Richard. So Captain, plus one to boarding rolls, and plus two to boarding rolls against Sea Monsters. So they changed him to the Jerky Johnson we know now, which is an L mover. So I'm glad they made that change. And, uh, oh, no, he's not an L mover. He's a uh, Sea Monster booster. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. L booster, <laughs> not L mover. Yeah, sorry. Um... Yeah, so I think both crew are decent, so I'm I'm glad they didn't really change them. It's kind of it's kind of either way. It uh, what what I found interesting though is when I wrote this down, it's like, um, it's like he basically went from hating sea monsters to like aiding them in the final version. So he kind of had a total yeah. 180 if you think about the ability changes. So plus two against boarding, instead he get plus L booster. So. And then, I wonder if jerky likes a jerky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, puns. Yeah. And then there's basically a huge like gap. So yeah. we saw this in the 31st episode of the podcast. Um, there's basically not like draft versions of a lot of the middle and later sets. It was mostly the first like three to six sets. So in other sets, there's not nearly as many changes because it's mostly just the final versions, which just have what we know today. But there, there are some weird ones, which we'll talk about. Um, so in Mysterious Islands, HMS Botany Bay had a 4K gun at the stern. So instead It's of, over 4000 <laughs> I know. So I saw that. I was thinking like $4,000 or 4K is like a resolute, like a screen resolution, like or like really high def or something. Um, Maybe it's like, you know, what they would have decided to call the measurement of L plus L or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought like, it oh, instead really of calling it just L plus L, we're going to call it K. Yeah. <laughs> because um, why not? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to look her up real quick. Oh, say so, yeah, it's 3L, 2L, 4L. And on my keyboard, yeah, so L and K are right next to each other. So I guess they meant to type the L, obviously, and that's what ended up as the ship being. But I think it would be funny if that 
somehow made it onto the card or, or the ship somehow. That'd be pretty funny. 4K gun. It's almost like I thought of, when I first saw this, I thought of, like, maybe the mizzen mast is worth, like, $4,000 or pounds of gold or something. It's like a, it's like the mizzen mast is made of gold or something. <laughs> like, something really yeah, silly. Yeah. But, anyway, the next ones you'll probably, like, or not. Yeah. Yeah. But, All right, USS Mercury, instead of being, where is it? Where is 16. It oh, wow. Yeah. 16 points for the Mercury. Uh, and she would have been, let's see if I can find it. Oh, wait on here. Yeah, 14. Oh, wow, 14. Yeah. So she's already one of the best submarines, and she would have been kind of overpowered. Even she had 14. better. Yeah, <laughs> just like a lot of the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> and then the slipstream was going to be two points cheaper as well at ten points. She's kind of meh, I guess, at twelve. She's good, but not yeah. as good as the Mercury. I think ten points still would maybe be too cheap. Submarines are kind of abusable in certain game oh, yeah. and styles, especially with the crew of any nationality ability used her abilities. So the slipstream is pretty solid at twelve. So I don't really have a problem with keeping her there rather yeah, than lowering. Aside from being like you know really difficult to get a hold of. Yeah, true. Yeah, I still don't have the slipstream physically. Yeah. And then moving on to some frozen north changes, looks like. Um, our good Viking friend Skod Blodax, because what kind of Viking name is that? That's the best kind. Um, as he appears, uh, he's seven points, and if he succeeds at a boarding party, choose to the following: eliminate crew, treasure, or eliminate a mast. Uh, but originally, he was going to be one point, and on the turn, the ship is banned to eliminate one crew from the enemy ship. I like that much better. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about on the set review how the real version is just horrible and way, way overpriced, like three-point of buddy, maybe, something like that. So, yeah. He's well, I can see potentially why they changed it, because he's a Viking, and the Viking ships have that same thing as galleys where they can't ever, like, you know, be pinned. Yeah. Yeah, good so point. maybe they would have been like, you know, a pirate code ruling. It's like, it says pen, but we mean when it rams. Yeah. So instead of like, you know, creating a whole separate ability, they just would have, um, I guess, you know, did the change. Mm-hmm. Although I like the original version better. I wish they could have kept that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, the next one up, uh, the Erd. Where's the Erd? Is that first? Is that one of those, um, uh, Funky ones from uh, near the bottom, or am I just uh, missing it somewhere? Uh, yeah, it's a super rare, the Icebreaker. She was going to be 13, uh. and then she got moved to 15. So the Erd, a curse, or no, not curse. Um, oh, wow, there's some, all right, got to fix these mistakes in the spreadsheet. Huh. Must be copy-paste there. <laughs> anyway. Because yeah, your but, spreadsheet says 13. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. I got to change the faction, though. Do that first. Whoopsie. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Alright, so originally the Erd was going to be 15 points, but was listed with five 3S cannons, but was somehow still a three-masted icebreaker. So, yes, what? Sir. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so that was one of the weirder ones. Kind of similar to mm-hmm. how the Hoya del Sol had four cannons, but was listed as a five-master in the Spanish main spreadsheet. This one's even weirder. 
Um, Maybe they had like, you know, two permanent built-in musketeers. Uh, yeah, or some kind <laughs> or something of something like that, like a marine yeah. that had a really bad cannon. I know, I know, it's bizarre. Either that, or yeah. like it reminds me of Bombardiers, or like a oh, yeah. um, they were gonna do like a five-masted icebreaker as like a super rare special icebreaker. Ooh. But oh man, that would have been fun to see. Yeah, that would probably would have been fun to see. Yeah, it probably would have been costly because they'd have to like make a new die or do a new cut just for one ship or whatever. So. Anyway, yeah. um, would have so been worthy of being a super rare. Yeah, yeah. So the Urd was going to be a little worse. She's still pretty mediocre anyway. Uh, the Verdani was also going to get worse. This is a 16-point cursed, uh, two-masted longship, two cargo L move, two S cannons, and some expensive abilities. And she's going to be 17 points instead of 16, so she could probably get away with like 13 or so. It's good they didn't go with 17. Still yeah. pretty minor. Um, and I just threw in. Um, uh, Damsel in Distress was originally going to be Captain Teague. I know we mentioned that on the 31st podcast. I still find that one of the most interesting and cool yeah. changes of all. Uh, we already went over it, but anyway, so Keith Richards was indirectly going to be part of Pirates, his character anyway. So um, That was probably changed because he didn't want his visage showing up somewhere. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I still think it'd be cool. But anyway, okay, so on to a... Uh, Savage Shores slash Return to Savage Shores. Uh, I think these changes are pretty much all from the Savage Shores uh, folder that uh, Wolf shared with me uh, because it was called that before the set got split. So Return to Savage Shores doesn't really have much new stuff, but some of these game pieces are, of course, from what we now know as Return to Savage Shores. So it's kind of confusing. But anyway, so Intermediaro, which is that five-segmented uh, Spanish squid for 17 points. Um, instead, she was going to be 18, and instead of two cargo, she was going to have four. She's the one with that. Uh, why did they nerf my squiddy ability? Why did they so, nerf my squid? Yeah, I don't think I'm it's a big deal because they don't, they can't do a lot with the cargo, but still. Yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a big deal. I don't think. That would have been fun to see, though, or to think about how you could find a way to get treasure onto a squid. Yeah. Like, maybe not, like, you know, a regular gold coin, but if you could find a way to get, like, some kind of UT onto a squid. Yeah, that's what's hard. see what they, happens there. Yeah, that's what's hard, because they eliminate them. They win the porting, so it's difficult, but... Yeah. All right. Namzu looks like he would have been 14 points originally. Yeah, instead of 15. Instead of being, let's see, ooh, 15. Uh, yeah. Okay, that... Reasonably minor, uh, considering that, you know, he's for that ability, he probably still should be more. Yeah, definitely. But, there it is. And then yeah, the next uh, one. Hoists, in general, looks like they were going to be, yeah, like, you know, so. 20 points across the board for most of them. Yeah, Yikes. yeah this one was a little weird. Um, and this is one, this is not quite like South China Seas, it's not as confusing, but... If you look at the uh, the data folder within the Savage Shores folder in the documents, um, there's some of the rarities in the PDFs um, don't. Some of them have two versions, and some of them don't. So there's kind of like like a first draft, second draft, and then final draft, and some of them don't have both first and second drafts, if you will, if you want to call it that. So hoist. So you can kind of see changes. You can kind of see two different changes to a lot of the ships in the original Savage Shores and Hoist being one of them, so they were going to be more expensive, and three out of the four costed 20 points. I think these were the rare Hoists, I'm pretty sure. 
So, and then they yeah, started yeah. lowering them in the second version of the rare document. Um, and if it sounds confusing, it is, you can go check it out. It's like rare is two. It's like a two in parentheses for the second version or whatever. So I wish they kept them more expensive because they're kind of overpowered. But, oh well. Yeah, it's getting to the point here. Um, even at 20 plus points, considering what hoists can do, I think they would still find uses in 40 point games. Me too. Yep. Especially Each time, like, you know, build your fleet completely around maximizing their effectiveness. Yeah. And if it was just their point cost that changed and they kept all their other stats, the Frontier would still be pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Maui's Fish Hook is already right there at 20 points, practically. Yeah. So the only one I guess it would have really affected would have been the Buscador. Yeah. She but it looks like she was originally going to be 16 points anyways, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, good point, yeah. Huh. I'm just looking at the Rook's Folly here because I've got the uh, Savage Shores one up. Um... Looks like this did some switcherooing with uh, the Black Coral. Yep. Uh, so the Rick's Folly was originally going to be 11 points. Um, I must, let's see. And gains eternal keyword as long as she has a crew with the captain keyword or captain in its name. Interesting wording on that ability. That in and of itself might bear some discussion later. But assuming that it was still, you know, four cargo, uh, still S plus S move and still four S cannons across the board. With that ability, would have made her, I guess, an interesting, uh, funky kind of gunship. Yeah. As is, she's still a funky kind of gunship with possession. Yeah, she's not very good, though. This would make her a lot better. So, the original. Mm. I like her as, like, you know, a kind of durable, highly durable, uh, gold runner, maybe, or cargo getter. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what I've seen her... I've done that a couple times run her empty to get islands okay and then just cool. like you know figure on getting crew later on yeah yeah exactly like especially in a campaign yeah yeah um and then the next or the one above the a bot or however you pronounce it the french one master schooner or galley galley sorry uh from return to savage shores was she well she wasn't released of course but what she released should be eight points three cargo ls speed and then plus S to base move with no cargo on board, but then she was going to be 12 points with the S immunity ability, same as the Nubian Prince, so can be shot at by ships with an S of her. That would be annoying, because I hate that ability, so I'm glad they didn't uh, do that, but that being said, a one master is easily rammed out of commission in that instance, so it wouldn't be too big a deal for a small ship to have it. So. Well, didn't they give S immunity to another ship in, in Return to Savage Shores? I could have sworn there's one in here. Like a, like a tinier oh, yeah. one that got yeah, some kind of S immunity. And I think Ser- it was French. Yeah, the Serene. The similar Ooh, the part. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it reminds me more of the Nubian Prince, just because it's a galley. Therefore, oh, okay. you don't ever have that problem of, like, you know, ramming it to get rid of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the Bonaparte not being a galley, therefore you can get pinned to it, that is a headache. Yeah, but galleys, that abilities on galleys, I think helps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but only on galleys. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, massive headache. Yeah, yep. Uh, the next one I find interesting, George Washington LeBeau was going to be, instead of the Micron ability for six points, he was going to be a Sea Monster L booster, just like Jerky Johnson. Yeesh. So I'm glad they changed him to Micron, even though that is one of the most broken and abusable abilities. Yeah, I kind of wish. But I'm glad it went to someone like the Americans because they needed it. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, I wish they had done the L booster, but 
that being said, it would create some redundancy with jerky, and the Americans don't have many sea creatures anyway, sea monsters. Yeah, I mean, they've got, like, Champ and Hee-E. Yeah, they're terrible. And yeah. That, those aren't good. Yeah, oh, and speaking those of Hee-E, I'll skip ahead. He was going to have zero cargo, which is just... I'm not insane. sure if that helps or not. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm not sure if that helps or not. So he was going to have one, but instead would have zero, so... So one of the worst sea creatures ever was somehow going to be worse if that's, that's like yeah. mind-boggling. So they just totally messed up on that horribly. Uh, yeah. But going back up so we don't skip any, Master Bianco, I don't know why. He was going to be six points instead of seven. He's got sea creatures. I'm in favor of that. Yeah, Cargo Master. <laughs> no, that's horrible. I like that. <laughs> no, that's horrible. Yeah. So even more overpowered. That'd be secret hold for one, basically. Yeesh. Uh, anyway. Uh, the so, looking at the stream here, uh, I'd be willing to exchange the Frontier point cost for the original Carolina. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, if the Frontier, keeping the Frontier as it is, and then using the original Carolina before she got nerfed, I, I prefer that more. <laughs> yeah. huh. All right, uh, Buscador... Oh, I see. That makes sense. 17 points for 7... Oh, I see what he's saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of weird, but I mean, and we already work. talked about. Yeah, we uh, talked so, about the Buscador, uh briefly. Uh, Sixteen points originally instead of uh, the fourteen she wound up being. Mm-hmm. And this one is interesting to me. It's because of the Celestin. I like the Celestin as it is, yeah. and released. Uh, she's got eleven points, one master galley with three cargo and El Possess move with a four S cannon. Uh, but it looks like originally they were gonna give her four cargo. Yeah. Ooh, man. Even better. I, I kind of wish they'd done that. That would have put her, like, you know, up there into the upper echelon of Cursed Goldrunners, like, probably with the grinder. Yeah. I mean, she's already there, pretty much, as one yeah. of the best Goldrunners the Cursed have. Yeah. That would have made her even better, especially since her link to the Master Scribe. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, it should be really good. Uh, the next one, Wraith, was going to be five points instead of four. He's one of those crew where if crew are living, yeah. six and can uh, assign them to the ship. So that ability it's is probably good hard. that he didn't it's, stay it's at five. Difficult, it's difficult to use that ability, so I'm glad he stayed at four. It's not really worth five. It's it's tough to even really pull it off, even in a huge game. I've had trouble making it worth it. So anyway, and now the next one is the black coral. Oh, wow, which is I'm liking this. Yeah, go ahead and yeah. I didn't see this earlier. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so the Black Coral is from the unreleased Return to Savage Shores, and where is she? There she is. All right, so uh, her stats that made it into the final version were 15 points, 4 masts, 4 cargo, S plus S base move, um, rank S cannons, sorry, range S cannons across the board, but 4 is at the end and 3 is in the middle, uh, secret hold, and um, gains the eternal keyword as long as she has a crew with the captain keyword or captain in its name. That by itself makes her like a funky hybrid right there, and I already like her as is right there for that. But this change here, oh my goodness, for 20 points, uh, you would get the Acorzado ability, and you would still have Secret Hold. Wow. Oh, man. Okay, so now, since the cannons wouldn't change, this would probably be a place where you could stick um, the David Jones Curse version of El Phantasma, and he wouldn't eat into the build or into the point space as much as he normally does. Yep. Because, uh, that's interesting. Wow, I like that. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. I like that ability, and comboing it with secret hold means you could try to pull off some kind of uh, weird hybrid stuff. Yeah. Yeah, some kind of weird like. Yeah, mega, interesting. Kind of like mega defensive gold runner. Yeah. Yeah. Man, why? Why have I never thought of like making a custom that's got secret hold and this with it? Yeah. Why have I not thought of that before now? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I like. Okay. I like both versions, the black coral, um, quite a bit. They're both really interesting. Um, anyway, uh, the metal dragon is the next one, and that is a ship from Savage Shores that was released. Of course, this is a common English three-masted junk, eleven points, five cargo. Uh, ramming can't eliminate the ship's mass. A solid hybrid for the English, and it's, it was originally going to be 14 points instead of 12, and it would have the ability that says, enemy ships can't take treasure or trade treasure with this ship. So, very similar to Secret Hold, but I would say that makes her a little worse, because the point cost, well, it was 11, sorry, not 12. So that would make her worse, without a doubt, not as usable. So, a little bit better um, for keeping gold, but ramming cannulate the ship's mass, that's a pretty good ability on its own, so... Yeah, especially on a mid-sized ship like that, where you could, in theory, ram her to death. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The next one I don't like either. Um, the mongrel was going to be 12 points instead of uh, 13. Uh, mongrel is from Return to Savage Shores. This one I've used multiple times, I think once in a physical game, and a bunch in Vassal Campaign Game 3. Her ability is key. If this ship is Within S of a friendly ship, when the ship is given a move action, she gets plus S to her base move. And she's already got S plus S, so with the Helmsman, it's pretty easy to move 4S. So, at 12 points, that makes her underpriced. And the Mongrel, I've used her, and I can vouch that she's really a good ship. So, I think she could be more expensive, if anything, not less. So, Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> the designers didn't agree with you. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> and yeah, uh, the Black Coral, going back to that, would have been an extremely powerful option for the Cursed if you uh, set it up correctly. Yeah. So I don't know, I forget the exact particulars of Secret Hold. Would that protection extend to, like, crew as well? Or, nah, no, I'm for, getting mixed up with just crew protection. Yeah, okay. Yeah, just for gold. Yeah, yeah. oh well. Uh, the Cuerno de, la, uh, Cuerno de Cabra. Yeah, that's um, weird. As released, is 11 points, has 2 masts, has 3 cargo... Base move L, two L cannons is a junk with the Corsado ability. But originally they were thinking of making her five points with one cargo. Yeesh. And unknown cannons. Uh, with this, oh, okay. Uh, with the same Corsado ability. Yeah. Yeesh. This is bizarre that's, because. That's bad. I know, but it, it would, it's really confusing. So I don't know if the unknown cannons, like, I didn't see anything listed. You can check out the PDF and there's no, cannons are like blank, so. I think it's actually, it's not too bad, because it would be by far the cheapest ship with the Acorazado's ability. So, I think it's actually a pretty interesting one. And then this would be a really abusive piece where you could copy this for just five points to a Ten Master and oh like a boy. mixed faction fleet. Yeah, so I think oh, this is actually... Oh my. Um, and I then, hadn't and, thought of that. <laughs> yeah, so I think, it's, I think it's actually decent. The one cargo holds it back. Um... But for five, oh, yeah. I mean that ability, ah, it's just bizarre. This is one of the weirder changes. So five points, you get the Acorazado's ability um, to copy yeah. or just use on the ship alone would still be decent if the cannons were still too well, too well. That would be one of the only ships ever worth using without a helmsman because you'd have to do the captain for one um, for the one cargo, and then you'd have eight points with just L speed for the two L cannons if they stayed the same for eight points. That's still 
you know, it's slow, but due to the ability, it's actually maybe one of the only gunships you can ever excuse using without a helmsman. Um, yeah. Because you can't really fit one on for the most part. And then it was eight points instead of 11 later on. And I think that's where the versions got mixed up. So there's like two versions of different drafts in Savage Shores. I would say the Savage Shores um, data folder is probably the most interesting in all the documents, along with Spanish Main Revolution as well. But yeah. it's really crazy. There's just so much to look at. So, And that's why I tried to condense it so we wouldn't have to like go through it on the podcast like searching for stuff. But anyway... Um, yeah. HMS Silent Swan is a mediocre or worse ship, and she was going to be nine points instead of ten. Doesn't really help much. I think she could be like five or six. Uh, not a very good ship anyway. So yeah. Uh, the next one is funny because of the comment, but I'll let you check it out. All right, uh, Godiva and Master Sipo Charles Richard, no abilities assigned. Oh, huh? we're still we're two above that. I think. We gotta do. Oh, whoops. Canela. Oh, whoops. Yeah. My bad. That's uh, yeah, right. La Canela, cinnamon, like El Dorado, a fabled valley of rare spices. <laughs> what? It says that okay. on the PDF. Like it says that right next to the name. What is that? Like, like a research footnote or something? Like, yeah, I guess. By the way, they, like, this it. is like the inspiration for this. Yeah, yeah. The Canela means cinnamon in Spanish. So, and then there, I guess it was like a flavor explanation, maybe a fabled valley of rare species. Or spices, I should say. Rare <laughs> species of what? Spices? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, originally would have been eight points with two masts, three L3S cannons, no schooner, and still three cargo with Essex Explorer. So eh, they would have made it a, a two-master instead of a three-master. Interesting. Yeah. I'd say huh. slightly better, I guess, for the purpose of like exploring islands, but a little not quite as good as like a... Not a hybrid, but like... You wouldn't be able to use the two master as a gunship as well, so kind of a trade off, really, pretty simple trade off. Yeah. And then uh, the next one, HMS Goodfellow was a twelve point English two masted uh, schooner from Return to Savage Shores. So the English got a really good gold runner, S plus S speed, five cargo, secret hold. Ooh, wow. Be a little cheaper at eleven, so I think twelve is fine given the abilities oh, yeah. and. The uh, Lady Provost, so I'm fine with with uh, twelve. But yeah, anyway. that's a good place to put her, I think. Yeah. Uh, and then the aforementioned uh, Godiva and Master Sipo, uh, no abilities assigned. So were they just like you know blank slates, like put them down? We'll think yeah. of something later. Yeah, it was weird. I didn't see that's anything listed. One of them, I don't know if Godiva had flavor text or not, but yeah, they didn't have abilities, so it was pretty strange. There's a lot of interesting stuff. In the, uh, a couple of strange things right here in a row. Yeah. I mean, starting there, like, navigators were originally going to be three points, which, you know, I guess that's fair. Yeah. Or more fair for um, what they wound up being at two. Uh, this is interesting. Shipwrights at one point. American at two, likely just typo, but listed at one point in RTSS spreadsheet as well. Huh. Yeah. So are they going to, like, you know, give every faction except the Americans a one-point ship, right? I don't think so, because I asked Wolf about that, and he said it was probably a typo. So I think that was that was just one of the, like, draft mistakes that they made, I'm pretty sure. That would be really yeah. bizarre. And especially because ship rights have been around since the early days, so changing it doesn't yeah. make sense to change the point costs, because then people would want to change point costs on all their ship rights earlier as a house rule, so... I'm pretty sure that was yeah. just that was just a mistake. So, and then the Americans would get needlessly shafted. So, 
doesn't make sense. So, well, yeah, I'm looking at the next weird. thing up here, and I'm thinking, well, you would have hated this if they had actually put the Cargo Masters yeah. in there at three points. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think you might have not started. I think you probably would have uh, stopped playing the game or just, like, you know, straight up banned them and not used them. Yeah, I would just ban I mean, them. As they are, uh, Cargo Masters are pretty dang good at five yeah. points. Yeah. Especially think, since you could stack them up. Yep. For Imagine three, them at three. For three, I would do the same thing with mermaids in most events and just say, I, I just won't play with them. So that's just that. Yeah. So, like, other people can, but I'm just, that's not what I'm about. So, um, but yeah, the ship <laughs> rates, I do find it interesting. It was listed at one point in the RTSS spreadsheet, which is bizarre, because that one was mostly final. That was one of the only, like, changes or mistakes in the return to Savage Shores spreadsheet. So, still a typo, pretty sure, but, yeah, it's kind of weird, because I, like, looked in there, I think specifically for that reason, I believe, because I was trying to get factions of the ship rights or something for the master spreadsheet. I saw they're still listed at one. I was like, oh, boy, this is a messed up thing here. Um, but anyway, okay, the next one is pretty strange as well. The Maui's Fishhook is a arguably somewhat famous super rare from uh, Savage Shores. It's the English hoist that has the silver glinting offer, kind of a shiny It's ship. sparkly and shiny. Yeah. And it's one of the most beautiful ships in the game, even though the hoist nature is kind of funky. Um, so it's yeah. a 20-point hoist with five cargo, El Mu. And it was originally going to be 17 points. It was not going to have secret hold. It does have secret hold along with the treasure stealing ability. And the guns on the PDF docs, they 3S, 2S, 2S, 3S. But it's only a three-masted ship. And well, maybe they're thinking point, of making some kind of Bombardier hoist combo. Yeah, to that point, it says <laughs> on the PDF docs, it says four-mast hoist as the ship type, which I asked oh. him about that as well. And he said it was probably a typo or some kind of error. So, and the Maui's Fishhook ended up with 3L, 2L, 3L guns, so so more, or le, uh, less cans, I should say, with L range. So, pretty big changes, but... Yeah, but imagine if it had been a 4 master hoist. Yeah, I don't even know. They'd have to do a different ship <laughs> type, so, yeah. If all the hoists were going to be 4 masts, they'd have to go even more up in cost, like 22 plus. <laughs> uh, that'd probably be a mess, honestly. So, I think it's good they limited them a bit. Well, yeah, the Max fish up some very strange changes overall. Yeah. This is interesting uh, because of the uh, review contest. Um, the Manawana Kalahutu, the Heart of Stone, uh, was going to be something called the Wraith's Relic. Yeah. Uh, when revealed, choose a crew on this ship. If this treasure is removed, taken, transferred, or unloaded from this ship, eliminate that crew. This ship gains the eternal and fear keywords. Different ability text um, from what it w was originally. Yeah, a little bit. So the name is interesting, uh, if only yep. because um, uh, in the uh, contest, Volt implied in his uh, story review that the Wraith was looking for this thing. Huh. Interesting. That's funny just to me, because I ran the contest and therefore I yeah. uh, know more about those reviews. Yeah. I find it so, interesting because the, the name was actually in parentheses. That's actually how it appears in the PDF. So usually that was the only name that had parentheses around it. So I think that was the inspiration. And then they changed, they made like a final name to the Manawa name. So, so yeah, that makes sense from a flavor perspective. Yeah. And then the other thing about the ability though, um, trying to remember... That what sounds like still like the ability it has. It's it's pretty much the same, but instead of, hang on. So it's one reveal. Choose a crew on the ship. If this treasure is taken, 
eliminate that crew. So in, in the original, um, if either one is removed, the other one gets removed. You know what I mean? Like it's like a, yeah. they affect each other. But in this case, it looks like if the crew is eliminated, the treasure stays there, I guess. So, yeah. So it, it is different. It's actually, it's, it is different from a gameplay perspective as well. So, yeah. Let me try to find it real so, quick here. Yeah, something that's always bothered me about uh, this is how it's worded. Yeah. yeah especially exactly. that last line. It's like, this ship gains the eternal and fear keywords. Yeah. So when I first got this, I assumed that in order to get that second half of the ability, I would have to somehow find a way to get rid of the treasure or get rid of the crew to gain, you know, the eternal and fear. I'm oh. assuming it just gets those to, from the beginning. Yeah, it just gets them. Then you got to protect the both of them to keep yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the only the main change is that you eliminate the crew of the treasure is removed, but in the original text, um, if this treasure or that crew is removed from the ship for any reason, eliminate this remaining treasure or that remaining crew. I would say the, the final text is one of the most confusing in the UTs overall. So yeah. Anyway, that would be interesting. It's confusing, but concise now that i've had like you know time to look yeah. at it yeah that's a fair so point like, yeah. if the treasure gets removed for any reason whatever the crew um that it i guess linked to also gets eliminated yeah. or removed yeah and, that's and vice versa yeah exactly that's what's interesting about the original version so if the treasure is eliminated the crew stays so that's so the original version was slightly uh, better or less you know restrictive or risky i guess so so yeah that's the difference mostly and the ability, at least. So, oh, okay. So this, I'll explain. It's really weird. One of the PDFs has... We went over the Spanish native canoes um, before they got changed to Savage Shores, the version we know now. And they were similar to the American native canoes, which we talked about on the previous episode. But in the second version of the LE uh, limited edition PDF, because all the files are all split by rarity, it's kind of weird. Um, the second version of the LE PDF has Spanish native canoes at seven points, which would be ridiculously overpowered, but then it says the chieftain at four, so which combines to the same cost of eleven that they're listed at in the other PDF. So I don't know if they were thinking about trying to split the point cost between the canoes and the chieftain, which doesn't make much sense because you can't can't assign seven points to five canoes. It's really confusing. Um so it's yeah, this might have like some kind of like, you know, they were thinking, okay, yeah, yeah, the chieftain is four, and if you have the chieftain, then you can use these seven things, or like these five things for, you know, an extra 30 points or something like that, assuming each canoe was, like, seven points. Oh, so crazy. Yeah, that would be, okay. If and each there's no canoe point was having like, chieftain without the canoes. You might as well have both, so. Yeah. I, I think they were trying to split the assignment of the cost, but they realized they couldn't, or maybe yeah. it is a typo, because I think the same document might have other or no they were the ellie so i don't know if the same document has that other canoes but anyway it's really bizarre so that was instead of 11 overall costs is somehow split between the two <laughs> that's a funny one i don't think yeah. i spoke about that so it'd be funny probably just typo error or whatever but anyway <laughs> all right you can do the last few if you want or the next one anyway okay um english cargo master listed with no ability at zero points it's like he never existed. Yeah, that one was weird. That's um, weird. Yeah. Uh, Shipping Sai, uh, the final version of him, as opposed to the other two we got previously. 
uh, was going to be five points instead of six. Yeah. Uh, that's just the expatriate um, adding in there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's even more overpowered because Sat Captain Ooh, for all yeah. the factions makes it even more crazy. It would open up a little yeah. few extra setups on some random ships, but and just make him even more playable, even though he's already one of the best name crew in the game, basically. So, and then I find it interesting. The name of the quote unquote final spreadsheet that I saw at least was "Return to Savage Shores to Art" is what a lot of the spreadsheets say, and it's dated seven twenty four oh eight. So I guess July twenty fourth, two thousand eight. So that was like, I don't know if that was one of the last times they made progress on pirate stuff in general. So that was the game. Not even one that like you know split the spreadsheet or like split the set. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about somewhere around way before Savage Shores came out, which was uh, November fifth, two thousand eight, and then WizKids got shut down only five days later on November tenth, two thousand eight. So yeah, so it was already Turn of Savage Shores was basically done almost three full or almost four full months before WizKids got shut down, but. At least Wolf revealed the information and has, has now shared all this stuff with me and, and therefore everyone because I've gotten it out to everybody so they can look at it. And yeah, like I said, at the at the top of this doc that I shared, you can find a link to download the official WizKids documents. And uh, other than that, that wraps up the changes. So again, I probably missed a few, but mostly just minor stuff. So tell us what you yeah. think of these changes. I do have a question of the day. Let me find my podcast doc up here. So the question of the day that we can also answer is, what would things have been like if this were the reality? So I would say it would be a little worse because we saw a lot of overpowered stuff and a lot of yeah, ships. Especially that, near the beginning. Yeah, a lot of ships that ended up being pretty good were going to be even better. So like the Antelope, Carolina, Winds of Vengeance, those three would have been three of the best gold runners ever, um, and kind of may have upset the balance of things a little bit. So most yeah. of the changes I think were for the better. Some of them not for the better, but anyway, overall, kind of just interesting stuff to look at. So. Yeah, one of those not for the better changes is the um, the Corsairs and their ability to eliminate crew instead of the reverse yeah. captain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, that pretty much wraps things up. So I think this, this marks, I think, three episodes released in the last three weeks, I believe. So we might take... A little bit more of a break here. I'm not sure when the next episode will be coming out, especially after these two kind of mega episodes with a lot of brand new information, especially 31, which yeah. is crazy. So anyway, but thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll be back eventually for more Pirates Podcasts.